I was on Twitter, just scrolling on Twitter, and I saw some guy say, I bought a mobile home for $3,000 and I'm fixing it up and I'm about to rent it out for 700 bucks a month. And I was like, huh. what? Like, that exists? That that exists? Mm-hmm. So I, I just did research to YouTube, podcast, everything I could possibly find on mobile home investing. I learned about mobile home investing on October 20, uh, October 15, 2019. And I bought my first mobile home October 29th, 2019. So 14 days later, I bought it. Yeah. Yo, that is fantastic. (laughs) That is the definition of self-educating yourself and then taking action. Dude, like if you guys, if you guys out there don't get anything from this podcast, rewind that piece and listen to that a couple of times. We're talking about 14 days. This guy, this guy, uh, my man Royal went and studied, studied up, did all this research, immersed himself in what, what to do, basically learning so much about it, did not get caught up in the analysis paralysis phase, right? And immediately started taking action. Hey, how's it going? This is Dan Wynn and Mike Glassby. And this is the Military Cashflow Podcast, where we teach service members how to build wealth and create passive cash flow through real estate. We cover real deals, real numbers, and real lessons learned from other successful investors. Now, whether you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening on the podcast, we need you to like, share, and subscribe. Now let's get started creating this military cash flow. Hey, what's going on, guys? This is Dan Wynn. And Mike Glassby. And welcome to the Military Cash Flow. So today we got a special guest. His name is Royal Banks, and we're going to get into uh, his story and, and what he's doing in the real estate space. But first, hey, I want to remind you guys out there, we do have a Facebook page. I want you guys to uh, Facebook group, excuse me. It's called Military Cashflow Facebook group. Um, it's uh, over 300 uh, military investors out there, and we're all sharing knowledge. We're all growing wealth. We're all building military cash flow together. So um, if you haven't done so already, make sure you go look us up and join that group. I uh, would really appreciate that. Also, if you're watching this on uh, YouTube, then make sure you hit the like, subscribe, all that stuff. And then also, if you're listening to it on podcasts, um, make sure to leave the five star review. So with that, that's my little plug really quick. Um, yes, we, I do have the Corona or the, uh, the, the, geez, the pandemic stash still going on. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, uh, with that Royal, what's going on, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Can you please tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. How you doing? Uh, Mike and Dan, I appreciate you having me on the show. So, uh, my name is Royal Banks. I'm an active duty military officer at Fort Bragg, uh, North Carolina, uh, I have a background in transportation and I'll soon become a public affairs officer in, in a few short months. So I have been investing in general. So starting off with stocks, uh, when I came out of Bolick in 2014, so 23 years old or so, I was buying stocks. I bought a house that I currently live in now that I plan to rent out once I leave Fort Bragg. And as of lately, I have been investing in mobile homes and that's been proven to be a good uh, cash flow for me. So uh, that's essentially my background. Mobile home investing. I love it. I love it. What got you? You said you started off in stocks. Stocks. Right. How, how did you right. transition over from stocks to mobile homes of all things? Well, it's it's a little story. So yeah, stocks was 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 showed me exactly how companies work, how companies bring cash flow, revenue, et cetera, debt, et cetera, you know, technical investing and, and fundamentals and all that good stuff. I learned about that. Um, and then I, I, while I was deployed in Iraq, you know, you have nothing else to do, right? Well, aside from your job. So you sit there and get <laughs> at, at, as you get ready to go to bed or as you have some kind of downtime, you just research, research, research. 
And so that's how I learned about real estate investing in general. That was 2016, 2017. Came back, bought a house when I got to Fort Bragg. And then one day I was on Twitter, just scrolling on Twitter. And I saw some guy say, I bought a mobile home for $3,000 and I'm fixing it up and I'm about to rent it out for 700 bucks a month. And I was like, huh. what? Like that exists, that, that exists. Mm -hmm. So I, I just did research to YouTube podcast, everything I could possibly find on mobile home investing. I learned about mobile home investing on October 20, uh, October 15th, 2019. And I bought my first mobile home, October 29th, 2019. So 14 days later, I bought Damn. it. Yeah. That Yo, that is fantastic. <laughs> that is the definition of self-educating yourself and then taking action. Dude, like if you guys, if you guys out there don't get anything from this podcast, rewind that piece and listen to that a couple of times. We're talking about 14 days. This guy, this guy, uh, my man Royal went and studied, studied up, did all this research, immersed himself in what, what to do, basically learning so much about it did not get caught up in the analysis paralysis phase, right? And immediately started taking action. That is what we're all about here. That, that is exactly what we're all about. Hey, that is phenomenal. That's great job, great job, great job. Um, <clears throat> I did have a, have a question, right? So um, why mobile homes over traditional, you know, traditional stick builds? I personally am kind of debt averse to a degree. So I understand that, yes, you can use leverage to, to essentially purchase stick built homes. Um, and you know, that, that other person pays off your mortgage. Um, and that's great. That's what I'm doing in the house that I'm currently in. So like, I, like I said, when I leave this house, I will rent it out. Yes. Mm -hmm. However, that cash flow from a mobile home and it's a much lower barrier to entry. I have no mortgage on that mobile home. I bought it pretty much essentially cash. Um, and the only payments that I have to make is to the, to the part for the lot rent and that's it. And all the other money after that is mine. Um, and I do it a certain way to that. The tenant pays the maintenance. It's, it's essentially rent to own. So I do no maintenance on it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so that's, that's me personally. And, and, and with this, um, with this pandemic is, is, is showing that folks who have a lot of mortgages and a lot of homes, a lot of debts, they, if, if they don't have the reserves, it may look a little bad for them in a few months if this continues to go the route that it's going now. And my, my old mobile home, as long as that tenant's in there is still paying and as long as that park still exists, I'm, I believe that I should be good to go. So that, that's actually funny. We, we talked about this. Me and Dan had a whole conversation about why reserves are so important. I just made a video. You can probably look it up because it's going to come out before this video. So. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. So you guys look it up. But hey, the, you hit on two things. There's two questions I have, I guess, essentially. You said that you're debt averse, right? You don't really want debt. Now, was that kind of, you know, kind of born or made into you from your stock investing in the beginning? You seeing how a company that was over leveraged may not perform as well as others? It was, it was, I would say it was born into me. You know how you have different levels of learning when it comes to about, about investing. So I started off with, uh, with Dave Ramsey. So start off with Dave Ramsey, listen to his podcast every single day when I was driving a smoothie truck around Atlanta. That was my first job out of college. And uh, you listen to Dave Ramsey, he's like, hey, no debt, no debt, buy a house in cash. And at the time I'm thinking like, how in the world do I buy a house in cash? <laughs> okay, you know, pay off my credit card debt. Okay, got it. All right, pay off my student loan debt. Okay, got it. I did that. I have no more student loans. So it's like that that debt, the, the bad debt can chain you. Now, if you do it right, like with leverage, with, with, with homes, okay, great. And if you have reserves, that's phenomenal. And that's how wealth can be built, yes. 
but just in general, I, I don't like, I don't like seeing uh, my negative net worth. I want to, I want that, I want to get that thing to positive more and more. And I think I can do it um, by not having as much debt or more debt than I need to have. All right, so we're going to go ahead and take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. Hey, make sure you go leave a five-star review on the podcast and then also go check out militarycashflow.com to get access to all the products we have. We have a bunch of great stuff on the website to include um, access to the Facebook group, access to a military cash flow calculator so you can analyze your deals. We have uh, courses. We have all of our social media. We just have a bunch of stuff on there, so go check that out. And with that, Here's a word from our sponsors. Okay, and, and so that's and that's a fair that's a fair view, right? So there's no right, there's no wrong when it comes to investing. Every investor has to set their own criteria for success. So important, and you have already identified that. And the second thing I wanted to ask you: you said that you got this home, you paid it cash, you're paying the lot rent, and you're doing the rent-to-own method, which is very popular in mobile home investing. But my question for you is: how are you finding the tenant? Do you have a property manager? Are you doing it yourself? You know, how it myself. Facebook Marketplace. That's how I found my tenant. Nice. That's how I found the home too. All right. So let's let's actually dive into that. We'll dive into <laughs> yeah. that. But before before we do that, I got some uh, some follow up questions with kind of touching on what what Mike talked about, right? So it's interesting that you say that you say you listen to Dave Ramsey because I think that there's two sides of the spectrum, right? There's two extreme sides of the spectrum. You got mm -hmm. Dave Ramsey, mm -hmm. Susie Orm, Orman, I think what her name is. Mm -hmm. um, people Orman. like that that's on the left side of the spectrum that say, hey, no debt, period. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Get rid of everything. Buy your house cash. You know, don't leverage anything, you know? And then you have the people on the far right side like, you know, Grant Cardone or Robert Kiyosaki say like cash is trash. You know, and over like leverage. They're... Now they're saying good debt, right? They're not talking about revolving credit cards or anything. They're saying mm -hmm. <clears throat> cash is trash as far as uh, leverage to the, not to the max of your ability, but pretty much leverage everything that you can um, that that's good debt and income producing assets, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it's, I think it's pretty cool. You, 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 it seems like you started with Dave Ramsey. Usually when you start with Dave Ramsey, you stay on the very, very far left side of the spectrum. But uh, it seems like you're kind of somewhere in the middle right now with <clears throat> with your decision, right? You're like, oh, well, I understand that there's income producing assets and, you know, I'll start buying some, uh, I'll start leveraging a little bit, but I'm not going to over leverage. So I, I think that's, uh, I think that's interesting. And that's key to note um, for those out there that are listening that might only be listening to Dave Ramsey or might only be listening to Dave Cardone or Grant Cardone, excuse me. Um, there, you, you do got to make that, you know, kind of figure out what your risk tolerance is, um, like Mike said. So, um, so that's one thing. And then, um, Two is actually breaking down into the deal, getting to the deal itself. Sure. So let's start from the beginning. Sure. Um, you know, we are we are we learned that you you did your self education and you went to um, you went to take action. Let's start at the very very beginning. What did you start doing first when you when you actually took action? We're talking about did you reach out to a realtor? You said you found this one through like Facebook or something. Walk us through that process and kind of um, explain to us how how you know how we do this thing. Sure. Uh, with mobile home investing. Sure. Originally, originally, I reached out to to my realtor um, and I asked her, were there any mobile homes for sale? And that's when I learned the difference in mobile home investing. You have uh, real property and you have personal property. So the real property mobile homes are the ones that are on land. And those are the ones that you'd see on the MLS. And those are the ones that are $40,000, $50,000 because the land, that's, that's the value of the land. 
Okay, and that's the ones that you go through a realtor. However, I learned that you have personal property, which is the mobile home itself in a, in a park. And those are the ones that the end users or those are the ones that the direct owners are selling. They're selling them on Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace, OfferUp, wherever you can see it. So I literally just went on Facebook Marketplace for Fayetteville, North Carolina with a radius of 40 miles and searched mobile homes for sale. And I just kept searching daily, daily, kept searching daily. Um, the ones out here generally go for about 3,500 to about $8,000 or in the Fayetteville area. And, um, I just, I found one that was for $2,500. I had to constantly badger the lady and ask her, please post pictures on the inside. She had her own tenant. And once she finally posted pictures on the inside, I met it with her. Um, I had the cash on hand and actually I'll go back. Like I said, going to being kind of debt averse and, and being in that middle ground between Dave Ramsey and, and Grant Cardone, I took out a I took out a TSP loan because I knew I was like, okay, I may need this money. So I took out a TSP loan um, of, of quite a few thousand dollars, had that money already set aside, already ready. And by the time I went to that um, the seller, um, I said, $2,500, perfect, here. Uh, she owned it outright. There were no liens on it. So essentially, I... Uh, we we exchanged the the title. Uh, she signed it from 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 her to to my company. Got it notarized at the bank. Got the bill of sale. Exchanged the money. Done. I now own the mobile home. That's what it. What was your due diligence like? What did you do? What what I mean? So you walked the property, right? You said you met her at the property. Did you just kind of like look? All right, I need to fix this. Need to fix this. Need to fix this. Mm -hmm. All right, this is what I want to offer. Or did you just like? How, was there a tenant in place? And you're like, all right, well I'm already making this much money. I don't really got to do nothing. So. Can you explain that? Or the tenant had just moved out. So the, the, I, I have made little mistakes along the way, little things. I didn't have my, I didn't have a handyman or a contractor with me when I went through it. I did look through and I, I made sure that the, the roof wasn't leaking or the ceiling wasn't caving in. Um, the floors didn't have too many soft spots. Um, the skirting wasn't too messed up around the bottom of the hole. And there are certain terms, you know, um, and, and it was, it was small fixes. And I'm like, okay, it's, it's, I was thinking in my head, it should only take about 1500 bucks to fix all this stuff. I was wrong. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and I learned about the difference between just general handyman and, and contractors and, and all that stuff. But yes, I walked through it first, looked through it and I'm like 2,500 bucks, even still, even if I had to put in $5,000 and I'm all in seven, oh, oh, you know, I'll make that back right in a year. Um, and that's essentially, that's essentially what I did. Yes. Before I exchanged the funds with her. So, okay. so it's important to note that in the beginning, you said you started reading and in 14 days you bought your first property. So for everybody else who's like, well, see, that's what happens when you go that fast. You don't cover all these things. <laughs> but let me ask you, if you did take as much time as you needed to find out all that information that you found out essentially in a month's time, right? If you tried to find that all reading, podcasts, websites, how long do you think it would have taken you before you, you actually bought the first property? I, I would tell you this, these things out here, they, if it's a decent mobile home for a decent price, these things will sell within 28 to 48 hours. Wow. Done. Sold. So wow. that thing would have been sold over multiple times by that time. And I wouldn't have been able to get into that deal. So I would, I probably wouldn't have bought it or I probably would have given up like, ah, whatever. It's a stupid idea. And that, that's exactly it. So for everybody else who gets that analysis paralysis, what that leads to is you start to doubt your own self, doubt your ability to, to effectively negotiate a deal or even evaluate a deal because you start thinking like, oh, well, that, that general contractor is going to cost an extra da, 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 da. And before you know it, 
the deal's gone. Somebody else, like Royal, just came in there, snatched it up, and then he snatched up another one, and then he snatched up another one. And now you're talking, you know, now you're talking to Royal like, hey, can you sell me one of your properties? You know, it just, it happens. So so kudos again to taking action and learning along the way. Thank you. Definitely. So mobile home investing. So went, uh, continuing on with the story, continuing on with the story. So you um, did your due diligence, well, what you thought was due diligence. Yeah. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then um, what's the next step? So you get a tenant in place. Was it vacant? Like, um, so what I did was I started, I just took, took my little pictures of the outside, uh, and, and I started getting it cleaned out essentially. So it was vacant. It, it was, yeah, it was vacant. Correct. So the tenant had just moved out. You know, I, I go in there, smells like cigarettes and cat smell a little bit. So I'm like, okay, you know, I don't really feel comfortable marking this thing yet until at least it's cleaned out at the very least. So I, you know, I had it, had it cleaned out by a local company. That's when I started, you know, interviewing different contractors. I had three. There was one that was already working on a home within the park. Um, that the park was fine. Oh, also another thing. I'm, I'm, I would. This is very important. This is a very important step. So while you are, if you are going to buy a mobile home in a park, okay, you need to talk to the park manager first. Don't just don't just buy a park and think that you're going to start investing and and build this mobile home empire in a park without first talking to the park manager um, because they can they can make you have a very good day or a bad day so confirm with the park hey i'm i'm roll i'm an investor there's you know one of your owners in here are selling uh, selling their mobile home is it okay if i buy it and bring um tenant owners in sure that's fine okay good to go so i did that as well um then yes i, I cleaned it out got a contractor in and started doing the work. So even before all the work was even done in the mobile home, I would take respectable pictures of it that as long as it was clean, I put it on Facebook marketplace and literally within three minutes, I started getting bing, 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 hits immediately. Wasn't even, place wasn't even done yet. Mm -hmm. um, so that was, that was a, that was a confidence booster in knowing that I did the right thing, you know, and, and I spent that money. I did the right thing. So I let me know like, okay, this is real. Yeah, that's excellent. I, I really like that uh, you talked to the park owner. So I've um, I, I've looked into mobile home park investing as well. And that was one of the big thing that uh, the big highlight features that I read in like, I read a couple books and things like that. That was one of the big highlight features. It, you know, your success, if you buy individual homes is going to be dependent on that park owner. I hear some some park owners run it to the ground. They don't really care. They don't really do much. Some park owners are super, super um, like, you know, they don't want you to have a sublease, sublease of tenants. Some park, they have certain rules that restrict you from uh, putting multiple tenants in, or you might have to go through their leasing or something like that. Um, where did, luckily, you know, you didn't run, you didn't run into any, uh, any of those issues, but um, what other, what are some of the mistakes um, that you made while, you know, if you, if, like, let's say just one of the, the biggest mistakes that you made throughout the process. If you could redo it over again, what would oh, one of those man. things be? Over improving it, <clears throat> over improving the mobile home. Yeah. Like I, I had did all this stuff. Um, you know, um, my gosh, I, I, I mean, painting it, that's fine, but just generally over improving it, uh, and trying to make it, um, some folks try to make it as as similar as they would a stick built house and then like a like a B class or almost an A class stick built house. There's no need for that. As long as the roof is fine, the flooring is fine, 
um, you know, the, the electrical and the plumbing is fine and it looks presentable and it smells nice on the inside. Most people generally just want a good, safe place to live that doesn't cost an arm and a leg in that area. So you don't have to over, because that, of course, that bites into um, your, your profits. A big time. That is, it, that's, that's another one there that so many people, they go in and they either try to flip it or they say, hey, I would only live in this place if it looks like this or feels finished to this quality. And I try to tell so many people, it's not about you. It's about your end client, right? Your tenant. Like you mentioned, a lot of them just want a safe place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they would love for a granite countertop, but they probably couldn't afford a place with a granite countertop. So you don't need to put in a granite countertop, you know, just make it safe, make it clean and make it presentable and, and protect that bottom line, that profit margin. Right. That is correct. Yeah. And, and that also, um, also another mistake was not truly understanding how general contractors work or how contractors work and how their relationships with subs are and, and payments and who gets this money and, and all that. That essentially led my rehab, when I crunched my numbers, my entire rehab cost $9,000. Damn. Yeah, it didn't need to cost that much. It really did not, but it did, you know, and that's that bit into my numbers. So like I said, over-improving and then dealing with contractors and, oh, you know, this needs to be, I'm like, oh, okay, sure, I, I guess, you know, when really there was a much more simple solution or I can just hire a general handyman. You don't really need a contractor to, to work on a mobile home. You don't or you can do some of the work yourself. Um, but that, that stuff cost me, cost me some money. Um, and like I said, it bit into my bottom line. However, I'm still getting, I'm still getting pretty, pretty solid returns. Well, but that's excellent, man. All these are learning lessons, right? Um, and for those of you guys who are out there listening, uh, we made a video specifically on contractors because this is a, a, like, this is a big deal. Like there's a lot of shady contractors out there. There's a lot, there's some good contractors out there, but if you don't know what you're doing, this is your first deal and your first time dealing with contractors, make sure you go check out, um, check out our, our channel. It says, uh, I think it's called 10, um, 10 mistakes I learned by getting ripped off by a contractor or something like that. 10 lessons learned by getting ripped off by a contractor. And it goes over a lot of things that will really, really, um, keep you safe throughout that renovation process. Um, because just like Royal said, you know, there was things that probably didn't need to be fixed. But, hey, you got to think about it through the com uh, the contractor's perspective. I'm trying to get paid, man. Like, I'm going to tell you everything that's wrong with the house. Even <laughs> like everything I'm going to tell you what's wrong with the house. And I can fix it for a price, you know. So um, strongly recommend you check out that video and uh, and make sure you protect yourself. Um, make sure you're, you're, you know, you're, you're okay, basically. So, um, so got it. You got the, we learned a big lesson with the contractor, learned a big lesson with, you know, over, overdoing the pro, uh, the property. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, that's excellent. And then you got the tenant in place. Um, are you self-managing or did you go with yes. that property manager? I'm, I'm self-managing it. Can yes. you talk, to, talk about that a little bit? Sure. So essentially um, if you do, I'm doing a, a rent to only. So I call, I call my tenants, my tenant owners. Okay? Yeah. Um, because I, I am selling the property to them on terms. So in the lease, I say, hey, you know, you you are responsible for maintenance. You, you know, you will pay to me on, on this date, et cetera, et cetera. And, and the, the biggest, the, usually the biggest part about property management, and at least to my knowledge and to my experience, is dealing with maintenance and dealing with payment collections. That's that's in my experience and to my knowledge. I, I may be wrong. I don't know. No, you're 100% you're right. That's every, right. mostly everybody's issue. 
Right. So, so if you if you if you put the onus on uh, on the tenant owner for for the maintenance, that takes out a huge chunk of it, and they understand that too. I don't just sneak that in the lease. I say, hey, you know, you are going to pay this mobile home off in the course of this term for this amount of money, and while you are doing that, you're a tenant owner, so it's on you to to do the maintenance. And they say, okay, understood. I will do that. Okay. And do you understand that you have to pay on this date to this? I understand that. Okay, great. And that takes that takes a lot of that stress off me. And so far, I haven't had any issues at all. You know, they don't call me for maintenance. They don't call me about, oh, I'm going to, you know, this and that. No, it, I, I get my money on time and um, I don't have to worry about maintenance or anything of that nature. And I feel as though I don't, I don't think it will be a need to pay a property manager um, for that, at least at this point for just one mobile home. That I have. How, do you, how did you screen this tenant owner of yours? How did you qualify them to... To, to feel comfortable enough to know that they could make the payments and actually buy the property. Sure. Yes. So I had them, I had all of them go through the cozy app and, and from there they would send in their background check. They would send in their, um, their, their employment verification, et cetera, and send in all their information, just like how you would, how you do to a regular house or an apartment. And I would verify, you know, their, their payment stubs and see if they made at least three times uh, the rent, et cetera. And also at the same time, they have to go through the park too. So the park, has to be aware of who they are and what they're, and they have to do a background check with the park as well. And the park has to approve of them too. So normally if the park says, okay, they're pretty solid and I, I get a good feeling about it and I meet them in person. Okay. They're pretty solid. And then that's how, that's how I went through it. Now, will I make changes possibly as I buy more mobile homes? Yes. And, and make my, my system um, more efficient. Yes. But I will say this out of the, I think I had about a hundred and, 50 or so interested people. There were very few people who did what I asked them to do, what I just explained to you. Very few. Maybe like four. <laughs> <laughs> so like if, if, if out of that four, if one, if one person essentially did everything I asked them to do perfectly, I mean, email, communication, perfect, nothing, no issues, verifying everything on time and the dates that I asked, I'm like, I'm like, I got a pretty solid feeling that I think they'd be able to, to pay me on time and communicate with me. Um, and so I allowed them to, to, to rent from me. All right, so we're gonna go ahead and take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. Hey, make sure you go leave a five-star review on the podcast and then also go check out militarycashflow.com to get access to all the products we have. We have a bunch of great stuff on the website to include um, access to the Facebook group, access to a military cash flow calculator so you can analyze your deals. We have uh, courses, we have all of our social media. We just have a bunch of stuff on there, so go check that out and with that, Here's a word from our sponsors. I loved, loved, loved that. Um, I, I tried my run at property management too at the first and I sucked at it and I gave, I gave it up. But that was one of the things I did do. Like, hey, you need to go to this website and actually fill out the stuff. So just think about that for a second. You got, you said 150 applicants, right? He, he pretty much whittled it. The tenants really whittled themselves down for him. He didn't really have to do anything. That's the less people you got to interview. That's less people you got to reach out with. You know, he went out to the, the people that actually followed the direction. And I love that methodology. Like, Hey, if they can do all this and they can do it correctly and they still meet my, meet my terms. I mean, why would I not go with them? Cause they're going to be able to effectively communicate and they're going to be able to pay on time and they can, they, can follow directions, which ultimately is going to lead to less headaches for you. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um, <clears throat> one thing, so you talked about a lot of things right now and I want to just unpack a few th things. 
Uh, one is the uh, the creativity, right, in in um, getting your tenants, doing the the rent to own. I think that's a phenomenon. I know Mike, Mike, I think Mike has done it a couple of times too. I know at least you've talked about it as well. Um, but the, the rent to own aspect and how you can do that, especially it makes it really, really easy when you actually own the home, right? So can you break down some of those terms? I know some people like uh, do do the rent to own and they're like, you got to pay this lump sum up first and then you'll, you know, can, can you break down what, sure. what your terms were? Sure. So in my terms, uh, I, in all the videos and the podcasts that I learned, uh, and, and there's multiple ways you can you can skin the cat. So uh, a guy named John Fadro, he's very popular for mobile home investing on YouTube. And his, his go-to is, is okay, um, have them give you a couple grand up front as, as the down payment to secure, you know, secure their space into the home. Non-refundable, right? Non-refundable, exactly. Okay, so I, I, I will put that out there. I learned that in this market, that didn't really work. I'm like, hey, give me $3,000 up front to live in this mobile home and you can live in it and you pay me this amount of money. And, and folks are like, I don't, I don't have that money. <laughs> I'm like, okay, fine. You know, so what I did was I adjusted my, I adjusted my numbers and I adjusted my terms to where they would just give me the first month's rent essentially, which is $650. Okay. And from there that secures their space. What I did was I tacked on, um, I tacked on that, that lump sum non-refundable payment. I pretty much put that into the rest of the, the term or the, of the loan essentially that I'm doing. Um, and I tacked that on and I added a little bit of interest to make up for it instead of having that $3,500 or $4,000 up front that a lot of people in this market couldn't do. I, uh, sized it down and then just added it into the entire term. And I would present those numbers. I presented that numbers to the tenant owner. They were completely okay. And they understood everything. I'm like, okay, fair enough. I would put it in the lease, put it in the promissory note and they were fine and they understood it. So six fifty down, and then they would pay me the rest of that money throughout the life of the of the term, which is six years. Let me ask you something. So you obviously have your numbers on point, which every investor should. Um, in this general situation, your how do you evaluate the numbers? Do you look basically at a cash on cash return? Do you do something more like an IRR? What what's your return on investment scale? Sure. At that time, I was doing it as basically cash on cash return. So money in versus money return. That's, that's essentially what I did. And it's, it's looking pretty solid uh, for that. But that's what most folks, most folks do. They just do kind of a cash on cash return. What is the return over the life of the entire term of that, of that home? And what could an average mobile home investing, uh, uh, our investor, yeah. you know, look for in general, in general terms, Right. Sure. A lot of, uh, if you, if you do it the right way, you do it the wrong way, like having, you know, $9,000 of rehab, you know, uh, a lot of, a lot of mobile home investors, they want to make their, all their money back in the first year. That's what they like to do. They like to make basically a hundred percent back or very close to it within the first year. Um, actually, they like to make that, that, the reason why they want that big lump sum down payment is to, is to make the cost of purchasing uh, the, the, the acquisition back immediately. Mm -hmm. uh, that may or may not work in your area. It may or may not work. That's fine. But a lot of folks, they want to try to make that money back within the first 12 to 18 months or so, even 15 months. So that will kind of give you a, a generalized number of what folks are looking for. Let me highlight something here. Everybody <laughs> listen up. All right. So Royal talks about his $9,000 over, you know, payment. Most people are like, hell, if I can pay $9,000, it's a good day. But at the same time, you paid about 3000 you know, for the property. So all in roughly 10 to 12,000. 12,000. Mm -hmm. If you make, 
100% return, that means you make, in this specific situation, that means $12,000 within your first year. You know, whether that happened, that's fine. Most people go into the stock market looking for 8%, 10%, and they're happy with that. A lot of larger institutions are happy with 5%, 6%. The reason we love real estate is because we can go double digit returns often. And, you know, we, we help house hackers get 90%, 120%, 200%. Guys, this is an asset class where you could probably get somewhere between the range. And I'm just spitballing, but 50 to 90%, you know, if you're doing it right, come on, that. Come on, guys. That's an asset class. Yeah, and I and I I, I crunched the numbers to where basically I, I believe I make about thirty four percent in the first year back. Thirty four percent of my money back within the first year. Like I said, uh, the, the the you know the generalized community of mobile homes they say, oh, that's not good enough. But even still, compared to just general investing in general, like you said, compared to the stock market, folks folks hope to wish. Uh, hope to make eight percent, and that and that is not including inflation or including inflation of what one point something or two percent yep. a year. Um, yeah, and of course with the stock market right now, um, it's it's just taking a it's tanking right now. So I have a cash flowing uh, asset, and not to include not to include the stockbroker's uh, management fee and uh, the cost to sell and everything else. Yep. <laughs> so just yep. it out there. Yeah, exactly. Hey, what what is your? Can you explain lot rent and what is your actual lot rent right now? Sure, my actual lot rent is $285 in that park. Um, so around in the Fayetteville area, parks are generally around $220 to like three. I've, I haven't seen really $300 lot rent out here. But lot rent is a basically, so when you have your trailer in a park, you are paying the park to sit on their land because they the park owns the land, okay? So you are paying the park to, to sit on that pad and own the land. Um, the park pays for sewage and the park pays for landscaping and also the park pays for, sometimes they pay for water too. So in that lot rent is, it includes those things as well as them, you just reserving the right to stay on their land. So as long as you pay that X amount a month to them, that's the park's income. That's if now in, in, in generally it's just for a park. Usually, I wouldn't say usually, but the times that I've seen parks normally just just own the land and so therefore they don't have to worry about maintenance on the on the trailers or anything of that nature they just have to worry about capex maintenance on the grounds and that's it and that's the only thing that they have to worry about you know that's it so that's what that's essentially what lot rent is that's my round down answer sorry <laughs> no that was great that was an excellent ex explanation um it's basically your service for being on land I mean, that's that's, um, that's perfect mm -hmm. so so let's go over. So now that we went over everything, let's, can you just give us a quick, all right, these are, the, this is what the numbers look like. We bought it for $2,500. We, you know, we put $9,000 into it. I know some people are like, ah, $9,000. It seems like a lot, three times more, but Hey, the $9,000 is what you pay for one semester in school. This dude just learned a life lesson that he can use forever and pass down to anyone that makes him pass passive income at any given time. Um, so anybody that scoffs at that dude, like, you're, you're not looking at the bigger picture, man. All right, so we're gonna go ahead and take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. Hey, make sure you go leave a five-star review on the podcast and then also go check out militarycashflow.com to get access to all the products we have. We have a bunch of great stuff on the website to include um, access to the Facebook group, access to a military cash flow calculator so you can analyze your deals. We have uh, courses, we have all of our social media. We just have a bunch of stuff on there. So. Go check that out. And with that, 
here's a word from our sponsors. So um, can you give us that, that quick breakdown? Yeah, quick breakdown. So uh, $2,500 purchase um, on the Facebook marketplace. Rehab, that's including painting, moving out all the trash and cleaning it was about $9,000. That's, that's everything. Um, my holding costs were about $920. So that is paying a couple months lot rent while I was marketing the property. Um, and I think uh, transferring the title, that was like $52 or so uh, in North Carolina. Um, so I, I was all in about $12,420 or so. So uh, my, my income portion of that, I charge $650 a month in rent. So what you do for mobile home investing is you, there are, there are no comps for mobile homes because sellers place their own value on the homes and one person can sell it for $2,500, another person can sell it for $4,000. And then you got mobile homes on private land that are selling for $40,000, $50,000, okay? So what you do is you run comps based on the apartment rentals for the same beds and baths in that general radius. So what I learned was that the two-bedroom, two, two uh, two one-bathroom apartments in that general radius of, in, in Fayetteville were renting for about $650 or so a month. So I said, okay, I would take that $650, that'll be my baseline, minus my $285 for the lot rent, and my, my income is $365 a month. That's my cash flow. And that and my, really my only expense is my insurance on the mobile home and that's it. So after that, I get about $315 or so a month cash flow directly to me. That's what I take home. Um, and so what I did was I made that as a, I made that as a $650 a month um, that includes a lot of rent. Um, I'm sorry, I'll make it as, as my cash, my 365, that's their payment to me because I essentially became the bank, owner financing or self-financing um, for six years, 72 months at 8% interest. So basically I turned $12,420 or so into, I think my term is $26,320. That's my, that's the worth of my promissory note. Or oh, that's the term. 72 months total for $26,320. So, so that's essentially it. Two times, twice, twice a month, but you put it in over a six year period, which that, I mean, that's pretty much a win. If you, if you take that and look at that in terms of what an actual an actual home or an actual mortgage would get. We're talking about over a 30, a 30 year span with the mobile home park or the mobile homes. We're talking about condensing that down to a six year period, which is phenomenal. And then after the six years, you know, they own the property and you pretty much go off and do your, you know, do your own thing. You don't have to worry about uh, the mobile home itself depreciation because depreciating, because as you said, uh, the mobile homes, I mean, they're not sitting on any land. They don't really have like value like that. So that, I just, I think that's, that's a great way to, great way to do it. And you continually do that, continue to do that. And you can build up your, build up your portfolio that way. So, yeah. I, I, and, and for the tenant owners, you know, they love it too, because you, I, 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 I'm transparent with everything I say to them. I say, Hey, you pay this and after six years, or, you know, if you want to pay it down sooner, that's fine. You, you own it and that's it. And the only expense that you really have to worry about is the lot rent and then your utilities and that's it. And that's all. And they're completely, they were completely happy about that. You know, the, the husband of the, of the tenant said, you know, I'm, I'm tired of just renting from apartments and they raise the rent up every single year, et cetera, et cetera. I just want to be able to own something. That's what I want to do. I want to be able to have my own thing in, in an X amount of years. And, and they were happy and that's what they want. So I was able to provide or, or solve a problem for them. So I got a two part question just real quick. 
Yeah. One, when you transferred over the title, I know that mobile mm -hmm. home parks or mobile homes could be considered vehicles. So was it truly a, was it more so a title or a deed? And then with that being said, it's still a piece of property. Can you depreciate it through taxes? And if so, how much? So it's kind of like a quick little two part. So I, I will be honest for depreciation, the depreciation part, I, I don't know. Now, when it's on land, I believe you can depreciate it to a certain degree. When it's on private property, yes. When it's not, so it's technically, it's considered a vehicle. So I, we went to the DMV and, and, and basically did the title transfer. That was it. Uh, and so that's, that's what I know so far. I do pay taxes on it. The taxes on the actual mobile home itself was $60 last year. That was it. <laughs> wow. $60. Yeah. Um, for the whole year. For the whole year. That's it. $5 a month, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Taxes on a mobile home could be anywhere between 60 and a hundred or so dollars, but it's not going to be, you know, taxes on my house is 1200 bucks, you know, and that's, and that's cheap compared to like somewhere in New Jersey or California or, or yeah. whatnot. But on that mobile home, it could be anywhere that it was 60 bucks. So that's home itself. Mm -hmm. I'd be very curious to know. Um, that's something I'll definitely look into. But if you can also depreciate that asset, I, and I would assume you could probably depreciate it like a vehicle, which would be maybe right. like a seven-year depreciation. Don't quote me on that. Definitely look. You know, contact your CPA. Uh, shameless plug. We have a CPA <laughs> that we interviewed a while back. Go check out his video. But right. um, if you could depreciate that asset, then your return on your investment is now going to spike up even more because Correct. now you're able to take that off as a deduction minus the maintenance and repairs. So that, right. that is awesome. That is right. good. Okay. Yeah, hey, man. Hey, yeah, go ahead. So you, you dropped some, uh, some serious knowledge, man. That's, that's excellent. I'm sure everybody's going to be listening to this like, damn, dude, let me figure out this mobile home <laughs> thing, man. That, that's, that's, that's great, dude. That's excellent. Yeah. What's in the, what's in the end for you, man? So you got this first one, obviously you're going to buy more, but do you ever intend to maybe own a park yourself? Absolutely. Be the park owner? Absolutely. Absolutely. The, the plan eventually is, is to own a park or own a few parks. There you go. And, and as you know, as you get deeper and deeper into this world of mobile home investing, you start talking to the managers, you start talking to owners, you start driving around, driving. When you're driving for dollars, you come across parks and your mind. So it's almost like the matrix. So when you start driving, when I drive to Fort Lee or what, if I'm driving to anywhere else, I see parks on the side of the room. Oh my gosh, how much is that live room over there? Like, I wonder if the owner will be wanting to sell that park. Are there any abandoned homes that I can wholesale? Like, oh my gosh, what can I do? And there's so many ways you can, you can make income from mobile home investing in general, from transporting them. You can transport them. Yeah, you can. You can buy and hold. Uh, you can be a, 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 a handyman and work on them. You can own the park, own the land. It's, it's so many ways. So long story short, I do want to own a park either either by myself or with a group of investors at some point in time yes so you just hit something we have to ask all of our guests this you you are saying that your mind races about all the things that you can do and explore you already explained that you weren't doing nothing in iraq you were bored out of your mind they didn't employ you properly and then <laughs> <laughs> they did but you know i could i could do my job very well and still have a lot of free time that's the right answer <laughs> and, then, and then you said potentially transports right some of these mobile home units and you yeah. being a transportation officer mm -hmm. you could probably know a little bit more about logistics than the average bear but mm -hmm. what about the military very specifically sets mm -hmm. you up for success what kind of skills did you borrow from the military and uh, and then how'd you time organize it all i would say i would say military skills wise i would definitely say communication and confidence was 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 a big thing so 
being able to, to learn something in a very short amount of time and being able to communicate with that with others with confidence helped me a lot in, in, in dealing with the park managers, the park owners, and even the sellers as well. Also being able to break down everything logistically of what all I would need to accomplish this goal within a certain amount of time. And then you said something about time, you said time organization, like what did I do to, to, to break down? I, to, to, I mean, to be completely honest, I, I journal everything that I need to do in my next steps, but some of the things, since I was so brand new to it, it was just, as it, as it would come in, I would adjust fire. So as, as, as you know, being at Fort Bragg and, and you know, being, being a paratrooper, you, you understand that sometimes you're on a very limited time frame. you just have to freaking adjust fire and make stuff happen. That's what I was doing <laughs> with things. Like, hey, you worried about this? Oh crap. I didn't. Okay. All right. Adjust fire, make it happen. And, and then take down that step and understand what do I need to do the next time? Um, as, as essentially giving myself an AR and after an action review. Jumped out the bird and built the parachute on your way down. Parachute on the way down, you know. <laughs> that's, that's essentially what I was doing, and and now I know I have a whole um, uh, a playbook. Uh, I I can do a left seat, right seat with somebody, and I can also have my own playbook, and I can I can know what to do for the next deal. Excellent. Taking that military experience and literally just translating it into a new a new venture, right? And brand new venture. I love it. That's it. Love it. With the mobile home investing. So, um, so yeah, wrapping it up, starting to wrap it up a little bit. Um, what is one of the, what's one thing that you would tell like a new investor that's maybe trying to do what you're doing and trying to replicate your success? Uh, what is one thing that you would tell them to, to help them out along their journey? Learn as much as you can, but that same input that you take from learning, make that, give that output as a taking action. So don't just, you know, like you said, don't just do the analysis process. Don't just crunch imaginary numbers in your head forever. Take some time to learn, absorb as much as you can, and then take some kind of action. Even if it's, for example, for mobile home investing, even if you're just looking at how much the mobile homes that people are selling on Facebook Marketplace and just reaching out to them, asking them questions, how much is the lot rent? How much are you selling it for? What would you take all cash if I were to offer you cash today? Where is it located? Does it need to be moved? Those are literally just the five questions that you can ask. Just take some kind of action. You're not saying that you have to buy it today, but take some form of action initially, and then the ball will start rolling. And I love that you said that because that's that's all free game right there. It's free free reps for you, right? Um, you can you can basically essentially get yourself used to it. You'll get to used to talking to the owners and figuring out the questions that you need to ask. So when it's time to actually take that action, like Royal said, um, you're more prepared to do that. You're better prepared to do that. And you can uh, um, make sure you, you have everything uh, situated right. You're asking the right questions and you're, you know, you're doing the right thing. So that's a uh, phenomenal advice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey, so, so with that, how can our, um, how can our listeners get in contact with you? Sure. Uh, you can reach out to me at royalholdingco at gmail.com. So royalholdingco at gmail.com. Uh, my Twitter is Royal Skeegee, uh, Skeegee, S-K-E-G-E-E. -E -E. That's short for Tuskegee. That's where I went to school at, Tuskegee University. Uh, so Royal Skeegee. Um, and you can also reach out to me on Facebook, Royal Banks. That's my name. Um, and I'd, I'd, I'd say one more thing that I'm working on currently um, that hopefully will come to fruition. It is that will. I'm working <laughs> yes, thank you. I appreciate that. You got to speak it into existence. Yeah. Uh, powerful. 
uh, I am working on wholesaling an entire park. So um, I, I wholesaled the mobile home not too long ago itself. Uh, talked to the park. I went to a park, saw an abandoned home. They didn't know how to market it. I wanted to solve their problem. How can I market it? I got it on the contract, I marketed for them, and basically got a buyer into it. And, and I took my assignment fee, essentially. I did it kind of rudimentary, but I, I made it happen. So that reignited the flame in me, and I took some bandit signs and posted around some of the parks in the Fayetteville area. And I got a call from a gentleman not long ago who said, uh, did, you put, did you put a freaking sign on my land? I said, well, yes, sir, I did. You just buy individual homes? Yes, sir, I am. How come you don't buy the whole park? I said, I'd, I'd like to eventually, sir. You know, mm. I'll sell you my park. That's it. That's from a bandit sign that I put out. That was it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you sell me the whole park? So he has a park that he's trying to sell for, uh, uh, for a certain amount of money. And I am working to find a way to, to get that under contract. I've met with him in person already, talked to him. I, I believe you know, we're, we're developing some kind of rapport. And I'm working to get that thing under contract and essentially wholesale that park to a, either a group or an individual investor, a cash investor. So that's something that I'm working on uh, and, and, and I'm, I'm making sure that's going to come to fruition. And it absolutely Excellent. will. It absolutely will. What, what Royal just did was something that we preach all the time is he used constant education to not just learn, I'll leave my pen down, not just learn one method, but to learn many different methods. So as soon as he was presented another opportunity, he was able to adapt and now have a second or a third or a fourth exit strategy, another option to liquidate that asset and make some income from it by solving other people's problems. This guy was like, hey, I'm not going to say you want to have a problem. I need to sell the whole park. And obviously, you know, there's still a negotiation, but hey, you just want to open the conversation, man. Just open the door. And, and, and exactly. And like I said, from, from the conversations that I had and from the experience that I had before, I was able to intelligently speak to him about that. When he said, I'll sell you the whole part, that turned the switch. And I'm like, okay, what's your gross income? What's your net? What's your CapEx? What's your maintenance expenses? Um, do you own all the homes? Are they owner financed? How many, how many, um, how many parks, I mean, how many uh, mobile homes are on the park? How many parcels of land, et cetera, et cetera. And I was able to go and do my research and come back to him the next day and say, here's what I found. Here's what your park is valued. At. Here's what you're trying to value it at. Where can we go from there? You know? Um, so that's all from just learning everything I can listening to you guys' podcast. Number one, um, learning everything I can YouTubing everything I can that, that set me up to have at least that initial conversation to instill confidence in myself and in him. So that's, that's what I'm working on. Absolutely. We love it, Royal. Thank you so much for coming out. Guys, listen, we covered everything you need to know about mobile home investing, military mobile home investing. No, we're going to coin that. Uh, but uh, that's awesome. Guys, if you're listening on YouTube, you already know what to do. Go ahead, smash the subscribe, the like button, leave a comment below. What are some questions that maybe we didn't cover that we can reach back out to Royal and get his opinion on? Um, or what are some other topics that you guys would like us to cover? Obviously, if you're listening to the podcast, Give us that five star, give it to us all five, and then uh, leave some comments there as well. And if you guys are not aware, Dan already alluded to it in the beginning, get to that Facebook page, get in there, join up. There's many other uh, active duty veteran service members that are just pouring out their knowledge and their experiences about, their, uh, about all of their investments. And so it's huge, guys, we're growing quickly. And so with that, 
just like hey, you guys rules in the group. So I know there's going to be a bunch of <laughs> a bunch of questions about, you know, hey, what's the next step or how do I get into the, the mobile home space game? Look at get on the Facebook group, um, hit up, you know, ask a question. I'm sure we'll respond. So um, with that, uh, again, world, thank you so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate you drop some serious gems. Um, and with that, this is Dan Nguyen. Mike Glasby. Signing off.